Welcome back to another episode of Pro Trine News. We are not your typical podcast. We are here to give you a wider scope of triathlon and the professional racing field. We are back and ready for 70.3 Worlds. We are about a week away. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Glass, joined today by the best content creator in all the land that just received a new camera today, Talbot Cox. How we keeping? How we keeping? We also have uh, the bike agent of the year, Pat Lemieux, after a great British uh, stage race. <laughs> That's right. Rally cycling. Got it done. Big win on Monday. Um, look, guys, I think I'm sorry I've missed the last two or three. Massive move from Portland to Boulder. But I think it's I'm, I'm so excited for Pro Tri News now that we're going to have a correspondent in the triathlon capital of the world at all times. So look, I'm your inside guy. We can meet for coffee. You can DM me. That's going to be the role that I really play uh, going forward here. I'm the man on the ground. I saw Sam Long on the weekend out running at the res. I already kind of know all the juicy secrets. Like now I'm going to be here checking it out. I'm so pumped. We're so glad we have an inside track now. And we have the one and only delightful American, Chelsea Burns. Hi, guys. I, you know, I don't know why Boulder's always the self-proclaimed triathlon capital of the world. I was also there, and it wasn't like this glorified thing. I don't, I mean, that's awesome that Pat has moved, but, you know, there's more than Sam Long in triathlon. Chelsea. There's well, Lionel Chelsea. Sanders. Chelsea. Yeah, there was there was a run this weekend. There was a run this weekend with uh, Flora and Gwen. So, I mean, are we going to be talking be, about that? Could there a be a triathlon comeback? We can talk about it. I mean, look, I I get confused. <laughs> is this pro tri news? Pro Sam news? I'm not I'm not sure. But all I know is that Stanley and I did a six kilometer commute to his school today. He rode his bike, and so it's Boulder local news. And it's Boulder local news. And um, we didn't cross any busy roads. It was unbelievable. So I'm thrilled to be here. All right. Super League happened this weekend. We had uh, Hayden Wilde get first place. Second place, Vincent Louis, And third place, Jonathan Brownlee. Uh, the women's race, it was a clean sweep of the podium for the British women. Uh, Jess Learmonth got first. Georgia Taylor Brown second. And Vicky Holland was third. Things worth mentioning, uh, Chelsea had to wake up at 3 a.m. to watch this race. Chelsea did not wake up at 3.30 a.m. to watch this race. It was also really hard to watch. It, it's like they uh, made you pay. So I didn't really see as much of it as we would have hoped, but um, I did watch some women's race highlights. Is that a new thing now for Super League? They're going to make you pay for these events, or what's the story there? It's on Flow Track. Yeah, I think you can also watch it on World Triathlon, so if you already have a subscription on there, okay, you're able to see it there, but... I mean, 3.30 is a little hard for and the West Coasters. And they're not doing it on uh, no longer free on YouTube, or was it also free on YouTube? It was not free on YouTube. Not, yeah, of course, with, if Flow Sports had it, sure. Um, okay, interesting. I heard uh, something interesting about Super League. Uh, we, we got to the Collins Cup, and we were chatting with someone about, can we actually make... Uh, triathlon interesting I guess you'd say like uh, is it actually a watchable sport and someone told me that uh, Super League triathlon is now negative 
$50 million in the hole for uh, their business, which, I mean, to some rich billionaire, that's probably nothing, but they've made over a million dollars in advertisement since the start of Super League. So they're a red $49 million. When will, uh, I guess we could say the same thing about PTO, but when will the sugar daddy quit uh, spitting out the cash, I guess you'd say? <laughs> which one ends first? Should we start betting again? You know, start betting on which one ends first. <laughs> I think we need the success of both of them. So I need I need Super League to go into the black, and I need PTO to get in the black real quick. Well, I guess we'll keep paying our twenty five dollar entry watchings. Um, as as for the race, do you want to talk about the race at all, or do we not care that much? Is a pretty hard to follow format. I don't think. Sorry, I just said I don't think uh, the podiums or the top players were any surprise. It was kind of a mix of people who have been racing well in the Olympics and post-Olympics. We had a British sweep for the women, which was cool, but not all that surprising. Um, Vincent was taken down in his own game by Hayden Wild, who it looked like kind of got really went for a short shoot, which was part of this very confusing format um, and paid off for him. But yeah, it'll be fun to watch four weekends of it in a row and see how they all hang in there. And it was definitely a bit more interesting this year too, as they added a team component to it. So they're all racing for teams. I'm not sure how much they all care about that, but it does seem to be a integral part of the Super League vision right now. Did anyone watch the race? I watched the women's after the fact. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's a, it's interesting, Talbot, right, where I think about where you and I were really into the indoor format they did, the, the arena style, and we had, such yeah. po- we had such positive things to say after that. For whatever reason, I know that there's a big block of Super League racing coming up, and I'm, I'm just not uh, emotionally drawn to it. I'm, I'm curious, I'm watching, but I'm not, it's not something that I need to make sure that I, that I see. I don't, I, I'm not sure why this format just isn't um, compelling to me right now. And I think, you know, the team name thing, I know what they're trying to do, but it's, it's just not something that, uh, again, if we think about looking at even just endemic sponsors coming in into this arena, I don't think it really moves the needle. I mean, I don't want to hate. Uh, all, I, I, I'm a person who I agree with any media we can get for our sport is good. Anything that we can do for our pro athletes to get paid more money is good. But the only thing I always point back to is if the age groupers can't relate, it's very hard for me seeing something become successful. So... It's I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, it would be it'd be really interesting, right? If they did a, I guess if they did a Super League format, um, if they called a Super League race, but they were doing shorter distances, right? If it was a sprint distance non-draft, and there was some experimentation around that to try and um, identify with some of those age groupers. But you know, I think these these races are cool. They're great for the ITU athletes, but we just haven't seen. Um, this is another pathway for ITU athletes, for world triathlon athletes. It's not, uh, there's nobody, you know, that's going from 70.3 or Iron Ironman distance and, and coming down to experiment with these races to sharpen up and get some speed going. Yeah, the only person that did that was Lucy Charles this last year with COVID and things like that, which was exciting. And that's where we got Beth Potter as well. So uh, I think that 
Go ahead, Chels. I think you'll see that a fast swimmer is the only person who's able to even contend in a Super League style race. I think even someone who's able to do well in a world triathlon, more standard setup tra- uh, format, can struggle if they're not a good swimmer. I mean, you saw Jess Lermont kind of just dominate because the swimming, swimming tired, swimming alone is so uh, is so significant. But as for comparing it to the Collins Cup, Talbot, I think maybe you're not as interested in the race, but the coverage was a thousand times better. That's one thing they do really well is they just show you every part of the race. They have really exciting commentary. They just kind of make it more of a, I think a showtime event to watch. Whereas we, I know we talked about how hard it was to follow the Collins Cup the way that they did it. So hopefully they hopefully they continue to be successful in this format because I think it is it is different, but it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Well, we can move on to Ironman Switzerland. If you guys have anything else more to add, uh, update your flow track account so that you can watch the race this weekend happening in Munich. So. Uh, Ironman Switzerland, Jan Van Berkel uh, won the race with a 237 run, 739 overall. Uh, Joe Skipper was hot on his heels, ran a 239, and Rudy Wild came home with third. Uh, the women's race, Daniela Reif absolutely obliterated the field, won by 36 minutes. Uh, was able to run a 305, kind of chill out, and go 832. Uh, second place was Petra Angenschweider, and then third place was Kristen Leopold. So... The biggest takeaway from this, we've been getting a lot of pictures and videos from this race. There was massive problems with the bike packs, um, drafting and things like that. I think that this is maybe a bigger problem in Europe than in the U.S. I I think that their rules are a little more lax and their officials aren't as strict. I mean, I don't know how many times we're going to beat this drum, so... Talbot, could you... Did you send any of the images to Jimmy and say, like, what gives? Or do you, you know, what is... I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we can beat this drum. We can complain about it. We can talk about it. Joe Skipper was literally in the pack with the motorcycles. And he talks about how unfair it was for the people behind. I just, like, I think that we can't do anything. We can sit here, raise awareness, talk about it. The only thing that's going to happen is if the pro athletes demand change from iron man uh until then i don't see anything happening i, I mean you yeah, can tell you can I tell mean, excited chelsea is to talk about no it i mean no, this is, i agree demand the, change the, this is yeah yeah i mean this is the same issue we ran into you know and i think about obviously the 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 roads in in switzerland are not like the roads in oklahoma um they're twisty, they're narrow. It's just, it's very challenging. Like we saw, I sent that video of the descent. I mean, you don't, on the descent is one thing. Obviously there's these photos of the climbs where it's just terrible. Um, just, just, just warn everyone, watch this. You will see the largest and longest draft pack you have ever seen in two weeks time in St. George. Just wait. All you got to do is just watch the coverage. If you're at the race, I'm going to literally going to be shooting it uh, you will see your largest draft pack to date. And, and just think about it. If you're sitting 12 meters back and there's 15 to 20 guys in a pack, if you try to pass one person, you can't pass one person. You have to pass 20 people on bikes. I mean, it is absolutely going to be insane. Uh, I would be surprised if we see more than one or two penalties. I don't know. 
Maybe Jimmy Riccatello, uh, the head referee, will try to enforce more change or more strict rules. But I'm just to mark my words right now. We'll hit it on again next week. But get ready to see the largest draft pack you've seen with 75 males starting in St. George two weeks' time. I'm ready to see the largest draft pack. <laughs> Chelsea, you and I are going to be on the edge of our seats. We are. Uh, no, get I. Ready. I I don't know. It's a, it's interesting. Yeah, we don't we don't need to talk about it anymore. I just I think that it's you know I guess the difference is Talbot is it seems that Jimmy enforces it one way and then who's ever in Europe is is pulling out of a very different playbook. Yeah, we had seventy point three Poland as well happen this weekend. First place for the male was Denis Chavreau. Second place Arnold Gillo and third place Thomas Brimbar. The women's race, uh, Dee Durkins got first place, second place, Chantel Cummings, and third place, American Brittany Higgins. So, exciting race there. The problem is, is we're all gearing up for 70.3 Worlds, so all of these races are kind of just like to cover it, just to make sure everyone knows like what's happening, if anyone big raced. Uh, we also had Challenge. Well, last thing, I, last thing, I want to jump right back to Switzerland real quick, uh, because I want to make two comments. One, Daniela Reef, this race is the first race that we have seen where these athletes are now qualified for two Konas. So if February doesn't happen, uh, Daniela Reef will be qualified for Kona 2022 and 2023 because she just received a qu- automatic qualification for the next year's Kona as well as uh, Van Berkel and Joe Skipper. So congratulations to them. They're qualified for two Konas. They can take a long break now and only race Kona for two years. Also, Mark isn't here to defend these European races that we just rushed through. So that's sad. That's true. That's true. But also we have Challenge Root from the weekend. Uh, I You can't really say it's a full distance race because it wasn't a full distance race. Uh I don't even see their overall times. I think uh, Patrick went like 719. Uh, there was a slow twitch thread on this that we're comparing it to the tri-battle event. Uh, I mean, it's it was just, I mean, a different course, so it's hard hard to compare. There was a 30-minute uh, margin of victory for Ann Hug. Uh, she definitely proved that she's back on form. Uh, will we see her at 70.3 Worlds? I don't believe she's on the start list. Don't believe she's on the start list. So, Patrick Lang uh, showed up. Uh, once again, the bike was 10K short. So, I mean, not saying that Patrick didn't have a good performance. He also had an incredible performance. This is uh, an amazing race. It was a bummer that the uh, bike was 10K short. Uh, so, we could see these the fine form that Patrick's on. But uh, Patrick Lang got uh, first, Nils Frumhold second, and then Felix... Is it Hinshaw? Yeah. Uh, got third. And then in the women's race, Anna Hug annihilated the field. Uh, congratulations to Laura Sadell. She does an incredible job for a uh, woman in the sport of triathlon. Does a lot of, did do a lot of riding for Wits Up. Um, Wits Up uh, recently split. Um, and Fenella Rangridge in third. So that is Challenge Roth over the weekend. Can I say one more race that happened that no one knows about? Yes, Since we yes, like to no. talk about triathlons. So it the first NCAA regional qualifier of the year happened in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. And this was actually the first triathlon I have physically attended in one and a half years. So. Wow. I know. It was insane. It was uh, interesting for me to see an NCAA race. 
As for results, Arizona State had a dominating victory, and the University of San Francisco was second place. Wow. Yeah. Must be due to their coach. It must be. No, we're just starting. You know, the season is very young, and um, the national champs, Talbot is going to come cheer, is in November, so we're looking forward to that. Where is the national champs in November? Is it Arizona? It's Arizona. in Tempe, yeah. It's it's during his wedding, so he'll have to pop out for that. But I'll have to leave the wedding a bit early for a national championship. Who got yeah. third there, Chelsea? I don't know. <laughs> Forgot. <laughs> uh, South Dakota? Maybe South Dakota. Hmm, nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Well, that's, that's really cool. I love the, how the NCAA is trying to like build women's triathlon in the sport. I believe there's 25 universities now. There's 37 out of the net wow. needed 40. So Before it's, it can it's become growing. official sport or what? Yes, I believe it becomes a official sport. It changes status from an emerging sport, which is what it currently is. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, we can move on. Well, congratulations this last weekend, Chelsea. Thank you very much. Uh, races to watch for this weekend, we have Challenge Almier. The reason why this is important is it's also ITU Long Course World Championship. Uh, the start list is semi-deep. Uh, David McNamee, Sam Laidlow, Christian Hogenhog, uh, Pablo de Pina, Thomas Stuger, and possibly Andrew Starkey. Um, on the women's side, Sarah Crowley, Michelle Festerby, Camilla Peterson, and Sarissa DeFry. Uh, all athletes that have been putting up results at challenge races and things like that. So uh, we also have 70.3 Nice this weekend with Casper Storns, Sebastian Keenley, Cam Worth, Braden Curry, Adam Bowden. And then on the women's side, Nicola Spirig, uh, Fenella Langrich, Ruth Assel, Imogen Simmons, and India Lee. Uh, and, and to hit on uh, our, our earlier, we, we said... Um... Andrew Starkowitz. I, I think we might have hit on this in an earlier podcast. Recently, I said that he was banned from racing Ironman events. Uh, that wasn't true. I think we might have hit on this, but if we didn't, he's not banned from racing Ironman events. He just needs to pay a $10,000 fine to Ironman. Uh, we can probably uh, hit on that later on, but that was just a correction of inf- misinformation. Go so, fund me. Also... Go find me. Also on to 70.3 Sunshine Coast, uh, Steve McKenna is doing his return after his broken toe. Uh, Josh Hamburger is racing. Also, Tim Van Berkel. Uh, you also see Josh Hamburger's wife racing. Uh, Chelsea, what do you have to say about that? Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, maybe she's contemplating a, a move from... World triathlon up to 70.3, but I think she could be someone who's becomes pretty dominant at that sport. So, yeah, it'll be fun to see how, do we even say her name? Ashley Gentle races there. Uh, also, Kylie Simpson's racing, Penny Slater, and uh, Kirley Siddell. Kirley Siddell. So, that will be an exciting one. And it's not Josh Hamburger, guys. It's Josh Amberger, but I like to call him Josh Hamburger. Uh, also, we have... Super League Munich this weekend, the Equalizer. Chelsea, are you excited? Yeah. I hope it's not at 3.30 a.m. again. Actually, I don't know. I- I'm not ecstatic about it, but it- yeah, it's probably the most interesting race on this queue up that-, that you guys have for me. So, 
You added a race for this weekend. What are you most excited about for uh, the race we're going to be having on Sunday? Um, the one I added? Yep. The Karlovy Vary World Triathlon World Cup? Yes, please tell us more. Um, I don't have too much to say. I kind of just wanted to note that it's happening. They are not a massive lineup of big names racing, but... It's a really cool course. It's a really cool town that I've been to before. So, yeah, there's just... I don't think there's been a World Cup since before the Olympics, so at least that circuit's kind of coming back around, to, and there'll probably be a few more in the fall. I'm honestly a bit out of touch with what's going on, though. Uh, Chase McQueen, I believe, is racing. It's his... Um, we're big fans of Chase since he has been on the podcast before, so best of luck to Chase racing this weekend. Uh, in other news, Alistair Brownlee did a extremely long gravel ride. We touched on it shortly. He ended up, I believe, seventh place on the day. Uh, we have sixth place in our notes, but he wrote seventh on his Instagram. I think he had a lot of uh, technical difficulties on the day. Uh, also, uh, if you go read his long, lengthy Instagram post, uh, Alistair never gives up. So congratulations to him. It seems like one brutal race. Pat, have you ever considered doing that race? Yeah, you know, I, um, what's, is he running right now or do we know what he's up to? Is he just, he wanted to obviously, I mean, Alistair seems like, always seems like he's up for an adventure and, uh, this, I'm not surprised when I saw that he was doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So great, 20, great race. I think he had like 21 punctures, 21, punctures? 21 punctures. Is that what oh he said? That's what God. Mark texted us today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, he Imagine didn't say, t- it was like 14. Yeah. Okay. 14. I don't know how you added another seven. We're not going to mention. We're not going to mention if we think uh, Alistair has a tire sponsor right now. But if he does, ooh. <laughs> or a back. He needs a backpack sponsor to be able to carry, carry fourteen all, tubes. Carry all those tubes. Yeah. Un- Lord. Unbelievable. I. You know. I. We haven't. We haven't said his name yet today. I'd love to see Lionel do a gravel race and Talbot out there filming like crazy. That's what I. That's what I'd love to see. I'd love. I'd love. You can come do. Come do deep south and just. Uh, some, I don't care. I don't care which one. Just a gravel race. You know. I think he should. Talbot, you're gonna see him tomorrow. Can you talk him into it? I will. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, Lionel's coach Cam Worf, uh, and unofficially, semi-officially invited him to come to. Malibu, California, Northern LA area in January to train with what uh, Cam Worf says, some real athletes uh, for Kona. So uh, Lionel is toying with the idea of heading out to Northern California to do some riding with um, Chris Froome, uh, Garant Thomas, and uh, Cam Worf. So (laughs) whether or not that happens, that will be some pretty entertaining YouTube stuff, Uh, but I guess we'll have to wait until January to see. Should we move on to hot takes? Does anyone have anything big to add for that happened this week? I feel like it's a light week in triathlon. Pat should be coming in with all the bolder insight here since we have not too much racing to talk about. Yeah, I did see a picture pop up of uh, Gwen Jorgensen running with Flora Duffy, two gold medalists. Uh, it kind of makes me think that Gwen is attempting to get back into triathlon. What do you think, Chelsea? I have a question. Is Boulder big enough for two Olympic gold medalists? Ooh. That's a high <laughs> first hot take. 
Um, so far, so far the answer is yes, absolutely. Okay. So far the answer is yes, yeah. Um, you know, I think it'd be it'd be worth noting. I mentioned Sam Long earlier. Uh, I saw him running. Uh, it it was hard to it was hard to say if he looked good or not when I saw him on Sunday. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how he pulls up for seventy point three worlds. Is is kind of what I'm is where my head is at. So, but it's uh, also it's also like you see Lionel running and you never are like oh that guy looks good running. No, that's exactly what I thought, Chelsea. That's the exact same thing that I thought. Hey, Stanley. Ooh, special guest. Oh, special wow. guest. Bear with me. Um, next hot take. Whoop, new whoop strap revealed. Wow, did they pay for this ad? Uh, they're our first sponsor of Pro Try News. So welcome, Whoop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> whoop. I'm surprised that we weren't invited. Uh, we, you know, we were invited virtually, obviously, but I'm surprised they had some top-notch speakers, and I can't believe they didn't, uh, y- you know, kind of call on us maybe to be a host even and uh, and to bring it to enter everybody in, you know. So I was yeah. a, little, a little surprised about that, but obviously, you know, cool cool debut Don't day speak for too them. Soon, I was on the phone with Elon Musk yesterday, and we will be heading to the next Tesla event. Uh, on to Chelsea's hot take on here. Uh, Chelsea, can you read off your hot take? Because I don't even want to say these words. I feel like I am personally insulted that you wrote this. This was my idea like three weeks ago when this was a little more relevant. And we're finally getting around to talking about it. But my belief is that Kona should happen every four years. It's too much. We have a couple more, pa- we have a couple more pandemics. We'll be there. <laughs> well, like they can still have world champs every year. But why does it have to be at the same place every year? It's stupid that the world championships are these same conditions that savor the same person. Everyone has to go to the same island. It's like they can't even host a, a race during a pandemic. Why don't we, you know, give Is it to someone there? else to host? Make it more equitable. Chelsea, I, here's, a, here's a place where I would agree with you. I'm, I'm going to disagree on the uh, every four-year component. I do think it's time that they pull it from the Big Island and they and they start. They could maybe do you know two years here, two years somewhere else, but um, it's it's proving to be far too difficult to pull this thing off in Kona. And I and I don't see hot take is I don't see it happening in February either. Is there another sport in the world where the World Championships is in the same location every single year? Well, you could look at the tennis majors and the golf majors. Those are majors, though. They're not world championships. I'm, I know, but I mean, we're there. You know, F F one equalness to them all. I yes, guess. Yes, but but we need to. But we also need to look at like if you're an F one driver, you're, you're on the NASCAR circuit. You're going to the same twenty venues your entire career. Nothing changes. So Daytona five hundred. It's the same. Indy five hundred. It's the same. That what I, I. That's what I would give as the the example for a venue where it's high stakes that they are using the same place every time. So it's like the Kentucky Derby. Exactly. Throw that one on there too, Chelsea. Great but job. But you couldn't. You still couldn't have Kona every year because then it would just lose its magic, its luster, things like that. You know what I mean? Them having to bounce around world championships. Well, I mean, it's like you have this one amazing world champs every four years, kind of like this other big event. I don't know about you guys have heard the Olympics, and then in the three years in between, you can have a world championship that's also important, but it's not as fluffy and glorified as Kona, which happens every four years, and it becomes all the more important because of that. 
The first thing to ever steal my heart was Kona, and then second, it was Laura Jean. So, Jeez. I've got to stick to Kona every year. I don't Calvin, know. They're just, it's too much of a good of thing. I just, I just had to mute because I was barfing. So Talbot, I mean, come on, let's let's keep it going. Okay, um, I will agree. I will agree. I, I I do see a world where if Iron Man was smart, they do need to move to a traveling world championship until the pandemic, until they foresee that Kona will happen no matter what. I, I I'm quite shocked that there's not a world championship this year. This year, I think it's disappointing. Um, we are able to pull off races all around the world. It's not going to happen in Kona, and I don't foresee it happening anytime soon. Um, so I would agree. I think it should be moved temporarily until they're able to pull it off. So that's my thoughts. Speaking of world championships, though, uh, it was going to be a barn burner at uh, 70.3 Worlds, and... It seems like that that start list is dwindling more and more every day. Uh, earlier in the year, I had predicted that Flora Duffy was going to do the double with a, an Olympic gold medal and a 70.3 World Championship. I don't know if Flora has announced it. I have heard uh, through the grapevine that she won't be racing. Um, lots of names have uh, dwindled off that list. Is that a surprise to everyone? No. I think that we are now in a situation to where hopefully Taylor Nibs is able to race. Do we have confirmation yet that she's able to race? Isn't she on the start she's, list? I believe she's she is. She's on the start list. And she's yeah. not and on the Hamburg start list, which is maybe what ha would have been the conflicting race that same day. Awesome. Yeah. I'll I mean, I'd say it's that. probably... Yeah. I'd say you probably have three or four women that could win the race, and you have probably... Two men that can win the race, based on the start list that we saw. I mean, three, three or four. men. We three gotta men. remember Daniela Reeves still going, Lucy's going, Taylor Nibb's still going. You got Holly Lawrence. You got Ellie Salthouse, Jackie Herring. I mean, it's gonna be still a dynamite race. The men's race. You have both the Norwegians. Unfortunately, I don't see anyone uh, showing up to challenge those guys. I'd so. say Daniel Backegaard has the best chance to take it. To I think they're in a different league of their own. What do you think, Chelsea? I think this is content for next week. Yeah, we can talk about it next week with Mark and everyone, and uh, this, is, this is great jumping off point. Uh, Chelsea, federations? Yeah, you this was... Do you want to talk about it? I'm not really. This was another hot take that I wanted to talk about like four weeks ago, and it just, you know, it's kind of fizzled from importance. So we can we can skip over this rather than... Make things. This could be drama. an off-season no, topic, maybe. Ch Chelsea, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to skip over it necessarily. But can you give an understanding to the audience? Uh, help them understand what it looks like from a, you know, when when federations now are looking back and grading themselves on the year. Like that's going to be the biggest thing. And I don't know. You know, for instance, like with USAT, are they going to is are they going to keep John Farah in his role? Like what what grade could we give him for the year? And that's going to happen every through every single federation. Yeah, I think in a post-Olympics, it's a really good, I think, timing point and opportunity for both federations and athletes to assess, okay, this four, or in this case, five-year buildup culminated in this massive event. It went this way for federations. Either we hit the goals we set out for ourselves, we earned medals, and for most of those federations, their funding for the next 
three or four years, it depends literally on whether or not they hit performance incentives, whether they got medals or whether they had an athlete in the top 10. It's, I think it's different for everyone. So I think definitely you see athletes kind of deciding, oh, this is maybe a good time to change coaches, to change groups, um, to maybe change. We, we see Ashley Gentle going to race a 70.3. Maybe they're changing the type of racing they do. But um, yeah, what I had kind of mentioned we might be able to talk about um, is kind of how the federations take what's happened and move forward. I think we saw uh, an article that was blasting Triathlon Australia for a pretty subpar performance um, and not so much blaming the athletes as the management and how that, um, yeah, how they ended up with a pretty disappointing Olympics. And then we're seeing a lot of news, controversial news come out of Canada for the same thing. I think we're going to see some turnover of high performance staff there. They obviously had a pretty disappointing Olympics and some accusations of I think mismanagement mismanagement and um, poor leadership and then yeah for like USA Triathlon they were obviously I think we could agree pretty successful they got their relay medal they got an individual medal and I don't think that necessarily means anyone's job is or isn't at stake because of it but I think it's certainly a, a time where you can kind of assess how things have gone what we're doing right what we're doing wrong and I guess what leadership players do we want yeah just making decisions and supporting athletes because at the end of the day the federation's job is to support athletes and i think that i mean it's my personal non-pro news opinion that it's pretty i don't know there's some definitely alarming examples of federations that at times don't support athletes which gets my blood boiling and i could talk about this all day but i'll save it um but yeah that was kind of a long uh, what does on your question. what does that look like? What does it look like for USAT? So what what was the reasoning? Did they give any reasoning for having zero staff at Montreal? Can I can I just can, about? yeah? Can I give two differentiators in understanding where Tri Australia or GB or Canada gets their funding from versus where USA Triathlon gets their funding from? Um, and it's important to understand that if you're Australia or Canada or GB, these are government-funded initiatives, taxpayer-funded. Uh, USA Triathlon is membership-funded and a little bit USOC-funded. Um, so the, the shortcomings of USA Triathlon, much of what's happened in the pandemic has been a byproduct of no memberships because there were no races. Um, I think that's just important to differentiate. I don't have a feeling about it either way, but it, it is, it's contextual to, to what we're talking about. Yeah, and to elaborate on that, I think it, that's a really good point to raise that not only are some, most federations are government funded. I mean, you have British Triathlon funded by the, what do they call it? The, the lottery. lottery. Um, yep. And it's probably the best funded federation in the world. And you see that they're really good at, you know, getting medals. and. I think something to note too, this is something I learned a few weeks ago, is British Triathlon does all the investment on athletes in the pre-lead up to a games, right? So they put every dollar into making sure that athlete has everything they need when they show up in Tokyo in the Olympics. They don't do any medal dollar performance incentives, whereas USA Triathlon still gives, I think, a solid amount of support in that lead up, but there's a really big incentive for a medal. So if you go and get a gold medal, you get a bonus from the USOC, you get a medal uh, bonus from USAT, I believe. So it's just kind of there's different ways that federations choose to uh, incentivize and kind of 
see what's the best way of getting those dollars. So, but yeah, I think I yeah, and I think in the mo in other cases too. Uh, I know trial trap on Australia, and I'm sure it's GB. You know, obviously how you performed at the games would set up your post years following as well for for funding uh, as well. So there is there isn't a bonus on the day, but there certainly is uh, funding after the event in, in in post years. And USA Triathlon definitely, like you said, it's very membership funded. Would have taken a very hard hit from COVID, and I think that you're going to see a lot of their development pathways that got funding cut, and that'll they'll probably pay for that in 2024 and definitely 2028. So. I know that the CRP, which was a really big um, program for USAT back in 2016, is not anywhere near funded as funded as it was when it produced athletes like Gwen or Katie. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're gonna probably, yeah, realize that you take money away from certain places and you pay for it later, so. Yep, I would agree. Uh, can I add a hot take, Chelsea? This might be yes. too close to home, but can you give some insight into why Jess Learmonth didn't do the last two races and chose to do Super League instead? She when was she could have hanging she, out, she was hanging out with me. Well, no, yeah, but it probably she, cost. I don't want to say. I don't want to say hanging out with you cost her a world championship no. podium, but I mean it. Uh, you know, in the overall, it certainly didn't help. Yeah, I think. I think for someone like Jess, everything this year went into the Olympic Games, right? And to go do the Olympics, she got her gold medal in the relay. The like to come off of that, I think I've heard a lot of this from her, from Flora, from Katie. Just the aftermath, emotionally, physically, mentally, of an Olympics is exhausting. It's so hard to regroup and go try and get a world championship. Flora, I think you saw struggled a bit to kind of get through that last one in Edmonton, and she had a pretty, I wouldn't say easy path to do it, but it was definitely set up for her to do. Um, so, I mean, Jess, I think this year was all about the Olympics for her. She had a pretty good, um, I'm assuming, financial incentive to go race Super League. But honestly, she probably just needed a vacation in August and didn't want to go quarantine in Canada for two weeks. Um, it, there was just, it wasn't worth it for her. I know that, yeah, she did, she came to the U.S., she uh, drank some beer, she did a bit of training, and it seems like it served her well, and I'm sure that uh, she'll continue to kind of ride the Olympic-based training wave and also kind of the, the high of that Olympics and just kind of enjoy herself in those Super Leagues. But I think for most people, the post-Olympics, it's really hard to, to go to a high-pressure situation. It's more about, yeah, backing off and just kind of enjoying yourself. Fair enough. That makes sense. Uh, I have one more to add. So Friday, uh, Pro PTO is announcing a Pro-Am Rate series of racing, so stay tuned for that. Does anyone have any initial thoughts? Uh, they said there's going to be fans and celebrities, so I would assume that I will probably get an invite. Define celebrity. Pat will probably, yeah, Pat will get an invite. Gwen will get an invite. Chelsea will get an invite, and I guess Stanley. Wow. Stanley's going to get an invite. <laughs> yeah. Our first pro Chinese like, guest under five. Did, we'll um, do a preview show. We'll we'll invade Breakfast with Bob again, and uh, Breakfast with Bob will be on Pro Try News. <laughs> um, that that actually needs to happen. We need to do. I can't wait for that to happen. I'm bummed that we're not all going to uh, seventy point three worlds. We will all pee together soon. My final <laughs> thing that I will add. Did you say pee together? Pee together soon. 
<laughs> We've already done that. Aren't we going to Sacramento, Talbot? Yes. We, oh, yeah. that, that was going to lead me into my final hot take. Uh, Lionel will announce... Here's, uh, hold on. Here's Lionel Power Hour. Lionel Power Hour. <laughs> Here we go. The Lionel Power Hour. Uh, Lionel uh, just announced that he's going to race Chattanooga. He's going to skip 70.3 Worlds, which I think a lot of people probably saw coming, riding on the wall. But he's going to race Chattanooga Ironman, and then one week, one month later, go race the uh, unofficial Ironman World Championships, which will be an insane event in California, which will be in Sacramento. Yeah. We better see Pat there. We better see Chelsea there. You know, uh, here's the thing. Here's why I got to go to Sacramento. It's going to be my birthday uh, on the day he races. <laughs> so I want to do that. I want to be there. And then I think it's pretty cool, too. Always want to always wanna give a shout-out to Iron Man and say this is a new venue for them. I'm excited to, to see that. I've heard great things about the, the venue and the location. So I think it's worth checking into that. We'll just pray for uh, decreased wildfires. Yeah, and decreased COVID so that they don't yeah. cancel the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. So that would be the only thing, and that is one of the reasons why Lionel, I think, plans to race Chattanooga. It's because uh, in concern that they will cancel uh, Ironman California due to the wildfires. So that's about it for our show. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed uh once again we don't do this for uh the knowledge in the sport we do this just so we can get instagram followers please follow us on instagram uh and we will see you next week with our 70.3 worlds preview and chat with you soon peace bye bye